We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, despite how bleak Baltimore's injury situation is just one week into this season, and don't get me wrong, it is bleak. At the same time, there is at least some reason for optimism regarding Marcus Williams' status. And, Bobby, it's actually not just Marcus Williams where there's some optimism. John Harbaugh also gave some encouraging news on Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum, especially considering how bad their injuries looked on tape. And also, Harbaugh was asked what the team's plans are at running back, given J.K. Dobbins' season-ending Achilles tear. Yeah, plenty to discuss here. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, alongside my partner and co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Tuesday, September 12th, and this is your Morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. All right, so we're going to go inside the post-game locker room after Sunday's win, which included a speech and game ball given to Odell Beckham Jr. after his highly anticipated return to the NFL. Plus, we'll share some snap count analysis from Sunday and even get into why Rocky is seen only logged 10% of the defensive snaps in particular. And we mentioned him during a post-game live stream. There's more insight on that. Yeah, we will have all of that and more. This is a jam-packed episode. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Okay, Bobby, let's just jump right into things. John Harbaugh was actually a little bit more forthcoming than I had anticipated with all the Ravens injuries. What we'll first do is give you a quick snippet of each one. And then we'll go back and dive into some of the guys a little bit more in depth. So we have Jeff Zrebeck's tweet up here. He sums up what John Harbaugh told the media today. So obviously he confirmed today running back J.K. Dobbins is out for the year with that Achilles. He will be having surgery reportedly on Friday. Then tight end Mark Andrews, he's got that quad. There was a chance for him to play last Sunday. And there's another chance again this Sunday. John Harbaugh said to make sure you stay up on those uh, injury reports because that will let you know how he's responding to practice. Centered Tyler Linderbaum, he has an ankle. John Harbaugh described him as week to week and not really likely for this Sunday against the Bengals. The same thing with left tackle Ronnie Stanley. He has a knee though. 
also described as week-to-week. -week. Again, not likely for the Bengals. We all know that outside linebacker Tyus Spouser, he's still got that knee, has to stay on IR at least until week five. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey, he's got that foot coming back from surgery. John Harbaugh said there is a chance for Sunday. I highly doubt it. We need to see him um, practice for a couple weeks first, but he said there was a chance. And then finally, safety Marcus Williams Harbaugh confirmed what report said he does have a torn peck and Harbaugh said he will be out for a while. Um, we'll get more into this, but it isn't necessarily a season ender. So uh, that's the big picture news here. The bleakness obviously is Dobbins. Everybody else we could see back this season and there's the room for the optimism, Bobby. Yeah. And John Harbaugh, this is some new information and we know that we've already been obviously active here on the channel with the Roquan video and just a lot going on with the post game. But remember, John hit his Monday press conference in the two o'clock hour on Monday. So this is brand new, him on JK. I do, I do. Again, I just confirmed JK uh, is going to have the, this, the, uh, the Achilles surgery to repair that. And he texted me last night after we, I, we texted back and forth and told me not to worry. He'll be back better and stronger than before. So... Uh, uh, he, his spirits will be good. You know, Sarah, he was also asked specifically about what their plan is now that JK's down. So expect Melvin Gordon, who they signed during training camp, to be called up from the practice squad in the coming days. Remember, Keaton Mitchell, the undrafted rookie, who got some time and, and definitely put on a good first impression in preseason. He won't be available since he's on IR until the very least, uh, at the earliest, I should say, week five. So, uh, Jameson and a couple of the other reporters pressed Harbs pretty good in terms of what they might look out, look at outside of Baltimore and, and Harbs doubled down that they're pleased, which doesn't mean that Eric's not working the phones potentially, but, uh, but that's where he was at there. He did invite the media if they wanted to. He said, if you want, give Eric DaCosta a call. He goes, as the coach, I'm just planning on Melvin Gordon. He said, this is why Gordon is here. Like, this was the whole reason. And he was like, I'm very, very glad that we have Gordon. So a lot of people are talking online. We won't go too far into this, but I, I chose this tweet because a lot of people are tweeting about this. This is from Lamar Translator. He doesn't translate as much as he used to, <laughs> but um, but uh, I picked his tweet because I do think he had an extra comment that uh, is good. He said, so sad for Dobbins tearing his Achilles. This is what he feared and why he wanted a contract. This is also what the Ravens feared and why he didn't get one. So, like, you can understand both points of views. The player wants to protect himself. The team wants to protect themselves. And there was, like, that was part of the reason of the contract dispute, you know? And then this is the part that everybody's talking about. He says this may have been his last game as a Raven. Bobby, somebody asked me on Twitter today, do I think this is the end of J.K. Dobbins' career? I do not. As Harbaugh just said, he clearly seems intent on coming back from the Achilles tear. Um you know, what he will look like and how good he will be. I don't know. He's, he's still young. Um, so I do not know whether or not he'd still be a part of the Ravens. Uh, that one, I don't know either, but there's not a lot of running backs under contract beyond this year. Uh, he may want to go to a different scene and try to just refresh from all the injuries he's had here. But um, I'm never going to predict that a guy's career is over in his, you know, young 20s. So I wish him the best. And um, hopefully he can come back from from this this injury. So let's move on yeah, to Marcus. Too, sure, if I could just real one one quick quick 
quick note that I was reminded of by Tom Pelissero on Twitter is that Cam Akers with the Rams had a very similar injury in the Achilles department to what J.K. just obviously sustained on Sunday. And in less than six months, Cam recovered. It was a torn Achilles. It was two years ago. And again, J.K. could be on a similar timeline there. So to your point, who knows what the timeline is or what the future is in Baltimore, but Cam Akers literally just a couple of years ago came back from the same injury in under a year. So you hope the best for J.K. Obviously, it's just gutting on so many different levels, but just wanted to add that in there before we get to Marcus Williams. Perfect. Good Good point there. All right, so here's John Harbaugh's response on how Marcus Williams is doing, who was reported to have a pec tear. So here's what Harbs had to say. Marcus has a pec injury. He's talking to, consulting with the doctors right now. He'll be out for a while. Uh, it may not be a season ender, though. Uh, there's different options that he has, so uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, and then it's soon because he'll have to make a decision soon on a possible surgery there. Everybody has like online doctors giving their opinions, right? So as I put this up here, I want to make very clear. Sometimes fans will take what online doctors say and, and like remember it as what John Harbaugh or the Ravens promised. Okay. John Harbaugh in that clip did not promise anything. He just said, maybe we, it, it's possible that it's not a season ender. That is John Harbaugh and the Ravens official, um, the only official kind of timeline they put on there is just that it might not be a season ender. Okay. So just want to make that clear as we, as we kind of use some of these <clears throat> online sports doctors. So Mills RX, he's, you know, all over in, in Ravens Twitter, um, based off of the fact of the reports that Williams had full range of motion, which is what Ian Rappaport, um, tweeted and that there wasn't a ton of pain, but that there was, a ton of swelling combined with Harbaugh saying that he has a decision to make on whether or not he should have surgery. Mills RX says that there's three different grades of a pectoral injury you can have <clears throat> based on the information I just laid out his opinion. And again, he's not looking at the MRI or anything like that. His opinion is that Marcus Williams could have a partial muscle tear. Okay. A full muscle tear could take up to six to nine months recovery timeline. A grade one, which would just be a strain, would be like two to three weeks. So based on all this information, he thinks it's a grade two. Okay, and so he says that could be a four to six week recovery, and he recommended that Marcus Williams go ahead and get this surgery. So six weeks, maybe from healing, but then you'd need a couple more weeks to, to, um, to get back into practice and, and rev up again. So, you know... Uh, that might be optimistic, so that could be around eight weeks. But again, this is just one um, medical person's opinion. Um, we just did the same thing with J.K. Dobbins. Harbs was also asked about what they're going to do at safety. He he raved about Geno Stone, but said, "Hey, he's not going to be he's not going to try to be like Marcus Williams because he's not Marcus Williams. He's Geno Stone." Talks about Worley. Now, while he shut down the idea of going out and getting a running back on the market, he he offered up without anybody asking him about going out and finding some safeties on the market. And he had mentioned that there's a few options that they have in mind. It's just such a shame because Marcus was off to yet another great start. And what was crazy is that Harbs actually confirmed, Sarah, that when he initially went down with this torn pec, but he didn't know it, 
the guy played through it and was still actually making plays out on the field. Like, unbelievable. And we should probably mention before we shift gears to PFF grading and evaluating from, from, game, from game one on Sunday, that along the injury front, again, just to reiterate what we said on Sunday, it's not just in Baltimore. We're taping this on Monday night, not long after Aaron Rodgers went down with what could potentially, and by the morning, it might be confirmed at this point, but the fear is that he may have ruptured his Achilles. They don't know that to be true yet. It could very well be turf-related. Uh, how about this tweet from David Bakhtiari, who, very close friend of Aaron Rodgers. They spent a ton of time together in Green Bay. He sees the tweet. And writes, congrats, NFL. How many more players have to get hurt on artificial turf? You care more about soccer players than us. You plan to remove an artificial turf for the World Cup coming up. So clearly it's feasible. I'm sick of this. Do better. And unfortunately, the Meadowlands and MetLife Stadium specifically has been a major, major area of concern. Just ask Kyle Fuller about that last year. Just ask Jawan James about that last year, Sarah. So crazy, crazy opening drive, all the anticipation. It's 9-11 in, in, Balt in Baltimore. It is in the U.S., obviously, everywhere. But in, in New York, the magnitude of the moment, and on the fourth play, in Aaron's opening drive as a New York Jet, he goes down, carted off, walking boot is on, unbelievable turn of events. But just wanted to get that in there before we shift gears outside of injuries. No, I, I do want to add two more things on this, but... Um... You know, there's definitely studies that have shown that with the artificial turf, more injuries seem to occur. That being said, when people are upset to see stars go down, they want to point a finger. And that tweet that you just mentioned, I hadn't seen it. You know, maybe there's some, there's obviously some studies shown that you, you should probably replace artificial turf. I know that's why the Ravens did it. The players asked the Ravens to do it. I remember Dick Cass taking that on and he changed it. That is what the players wanted. Um, that said, it, I get a little bit annoyed when people come at somebody like the NFL or John Harbaugh or this or that as if like they can prevent all of these injuries. And I just think, I feel like it's, it's, um, there's definitely things you can do to mitigate things, but at the same time, it's like, if there was an artificial turf, like, are we sure Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have gotten hurt? Like, like, I don't know. This is like a, it's like a no win situation, but everybody's angry. So you lash out and everybody kind of likes those, those types of tweets. So, um, I'm going to get into a little bit more on, on, you know, trying to find an answer to avoid injuries. But to your point, this isn't just the Ravens. It's it's obviously league-wide. So real quick, one more thing on Mills RX. Since Harbaugh said um, it's weekly with both Tyler and Ronnie, Mills RX, um, is, it's his opinion that um, Tyler has a classic right lateral anchor sp ankle sprain, so a one- to three-week recovery. And then Ronnie, he said also one to three, and his opinion is that he most is a grade one knee sprain, most likely an overstretched AMC, uh, MCL. Now, in no way do I expect either one to be back in one to two weeks. I, you know, could be like three or four or, or whatever with these guys. You just don't know how it's going to respond. Now, here's what I want to get to when you when I was pushing back on on Aaron Rodgers' friend's tweet. Um, you know, Harbaugh was asked by Jeff Zrebeck today. He's like, Jeff's like, do you kind of feel like this is becoming like a danged if you do, danged if you don't situation? Because 
he caught all sorts of heat when J.K. Dobbins was hurt in the preseason um, at FedEx Field in Washington. So then ever since then, Harbaugh has really not played his starters minus, you know, new guys and rookies. Okay. So, so everybody's blaming Harbaugh and the Ravens for letting that happen to JK. So then JK sits out for really most of training camp protects himself. Everybody understands that doesn't play. Most of the guys don't play in the preseason. And then here we are with these big injuries in week one. So as a head coach, he's gotten rid of his, his head trainer. They've changed completely the off season on how they do things. They try to ramp people up. Um, I mean, it, you, you, we, we talked to the players, like it's just completely different than what we, the Ravens have done in the past. And so that's why I thought Jeff Zrebeck asked a very fair question. Like, do you feel like this is like danged if you do danged if you don't like if, if you get injuries week one, Oh, it's your fault for not playing them in the preseason. You get injuries during the preseason. Oh, it's your fault. Cause you put them out there. So Harb said, quote, well, I mean, I think I've learned that there is no answer. If there was an answer, then that would be what everybody is doing. You practice guys or you don't practice guys. You play them in the preseason or you don't play them in the preseason. And injuries happens and that's the reason. And would you do the other thing? It's like being on a hamster wheel. Bobby, that's exactly how I feel when he said that. I was like, this does feel like a hamster wheel because no matter what, people are going to be yelling on the internet as if you could have prevented it, but you are too dumb to do so. Um, he says, you're on the hamster wheel and you're not getting anywhere. Then he gets to what he does think would actually help. He goes, and really, that's kind of how this injury conversation is going in the NFL. I think progress is being made for sure. But looking at whether you play in the preseason or don't, how many reps you take in practice or you don't take, we're all ramping our guys now. Is there a long enough ramp to ramp the guys up properly? Then he says, I'd say no. So I think the people that are doing the studies on this, they know that too. So what they're going to have to do eventually is they're going to have to change the whole thing, the whole preseason process and update it. So then the, the media ask him, they're like, are you alluding to the fact that you think that training camp should be longer? And he's like, yeah, that's obviously what I'm saying. He goes, but not just that, like the whole off season structure needs to change. Okay. And so obviously with coaches, they're always going to want their guys out there, but he's saying that the studies have been done. And they're saying you do need a longer ramp up period to get ready for this kind of stuff. So that's what Harbaugh thinks needs to happen. That obviously isn't within the NFL rules, but, um, but I, I 100% agree with this hamster wheel thing because we've been through this for three years and he's done completely different things. And anytime it doesn't work, they're like, Oh, you should have gone back. I hit my microphone. You should have gone back the other way. And it's just, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a no win situation for these guys. Hey, Roger, if for whatever reason you're watching this, we're not even a one full week into the season yet because, well, at the time of this taping, Monday night football is not over yet. And all you need to do is overhaul every single turf in all stadiums across the NFL. And while you're at it, restructure all of summer 2024 training camp, OTAs, mini camp, you name it. It's going to be a heck of a season, Easy, right? <laughs> it is going to be a heck of a season. Let's talk a little bit about the offensive line pass blocking grades, according to PFF and as compiled here by Kyle Barber. McCary leads the way, who, of course, came in for an injured Ronnie Stanley at 79.4. Morgan Moses, 74.5. Stanley, before he went down, 74.4. John Simpson making his first start as a Raven, 71.7. 
Linderbaum, 71-3. Mustafer, who came in for Linderbaum, 69-8. Remember, Sam Mustafer, they picked him up from the Bears this offseason. Baltimore native. Sam was actually a game day call up from the practice squad. And then Zeitler had a tough day. Kevin Zeitler had an uncharacteristically tough afternoon, at least since we've seen him in Baltimore. And he was graded out at 51 flat. Sarah, what was your biggest takeaway from this list? Well, that doesn't surprise me with Zeitler. We had pointed this out in the post-game show that he had gotten beat a couple times. He and, and Linderbaum were, I don't know, going back and forth with, with Will Anderson, who was just a beast. Um, and then Jonathan Grenard, I mean, he was beaten up on Stanley before Stanley went down. And, um, yeah, so, you know, that, that these, these lower grades do not surprise me. It It is, uh, you know, makes you feel good that McCary actually – Graded well, then again, he came in fresh uh, against some of these um, defensive ends and outside linebackers. So, um, yeah, so those are the, the takeaways there. So should we move on from injuries, Bobby? Should we move forward? Yeah, because there's plenty of content. When you got guys and personalities so like Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. on the same team, then there's no shortage of, of content, specifically post-game. But in this case in-game, and it's one Odell Beckham Jr., who for the first time in 574 days, a well-documented number, suited up for regular season football. It's been a long time in my mind. It's been a long time in reality. I'm excited. I don't know what emotions will be running through me. I know I'll be excited to play football again. That was courtesy of Ravens Productions, and don't think we didn't see that, Odell. A tear across the face of a guy who, again, we talked about in the postgame, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of darkness over those two years, a lot of um, just unknown related to his future. So to see him get back out there, I would imagine it was a riveting relief for him to kind of get back into the swing of things and then also contribute to the game as well. That You know that that tear was just like, that was just pent up. <laughs> Wishing and dreaming to be back on the field. And uh, John Harbaugh showed him and several other players some love in the post-game locker room. This, again, is courtesy of Ravens Productions. Game ball-wise, let's start with this. This game ball is going to be for J.K. Dobbins. All right, he's not here right now, but for J.K. Dobbins. Gus, where you at? Gus, I want you to take this for J.K., okay? This game ball is the guy in the room right now here. Big win. Coach Weaver. All you guys, man, appreciate you. Thank you, thank you. All you guys. All you guys. All right. I don't know if he did everything right. I don't know if he made every right play, but he made a lot of plays, critical plays in the game, and he's just a rookie. Zay Flowers. Hey, I appreciate y'all, boys. Good to get a dub, my first game. Love y'all. <laughs> Game goes up and down. It's a long game, but someone's got to someone's got to finish it for us, okay? And at some point in time in the game, we needed a play to stay on the field. It was a third down play. Lamar, you made a hell of a throw. Pass protection was outstanding. And OBJ, you made the grab. Yeah, be careful. 574 days. I waited for this moment, man, and I really want to say it's an honor and a privilege to share the field with y'all. Um, didn't have a game that, for sure, I, I didn't have a game I wanted. I know across the board we probably could have played a lot better. So it's a long season. Um, 
I'm letting y'all know it's gonna take each one of us every single week to buy in. Uh, and I'm just, I'm happy to be here, dog. So I'm ready to get to it next week. Enjoy this. You know, it's very hard to come by dubs in the NFL. So truly enjoy the moment for the rookies, your first win. And we're gonna get it rolling the rest of the time. Ravens on three, Ravens on three, one, two, three. Ravens! 1,500 takeaways that you can get from that. But one of my favorite moments was when Zay was making his way back to where he was in the locker room after getting his game ball from Harbs, and who was right behind him massaging his shoulders like the elder statesman, Odell. <laughs> that relationship right there, not only between him and Zay, him and Lamar, there's a brotherhood here. There's a chemistry here that's been formed overnight. And I know it's not overnight. They've had a whole offseason of work together. And a lot of these guys did individual workouts or whatever. But that that's the type of stuff where it's, I love the mentor-mentee relationship that that is Zay and Odell. And I think that bodes well. And I think he's Odell has proven and seemed to be open, not just for, for Zay, Rashad as well, and other young players in the team. It's pretty cool. Well, speaking of Zay, let's get into a little bit about his game. I, I was like, did I just delete it on accident? What's that? I deleted the wrong video. Usually when we finish a video, we delete it. So the next one's up in the queue. I, I left in the post-game locker room and I deleted Zay. I'll see if I can get it back up. But um, let me see what I do have here. So as we look up, let me go to his volume here. And uh, why don't you take us through his volume of <laughs> how much... Um, Todd Munkin used him, and then I'll bring back up that video of his, of his of his day. Oh yeah, I mean, look at the tweet here: highest rookie target shares in Week One since 2000. I mean, look at this, and, and how many of them happened on Sunday alone? Three, which is wild. But you got like DK Metcalf back in the day, 31.6 percent. Mike Williams with Tampa, 32.1 percent. B. John Robinson had 33.3% in his debut with Atlanta. That was on Sunday. But Zay, again, this is since 2000, the highest rookie target shares in week one. Zay was 47.6%. That only trails Eddie Royal with 56.3%. So, yeah, he is going to be a contributor in this offense. It will change. There will be variety. One week, it'll be Odell's. Another, it'll be Rashad's if everything's cooking. Another week, it'll be Mark Andrews at the tight end position. You know, maybe even Nelson Aguilar gets himself involved at times. But I love, I love that, hey, Zay, drink from the fire hose, brother. It doesn't even look like you are because you are making a seamless transition to the NFL. Yes, it's Houston. I'm sure there'll be a learning curve to come. There will be those rookie moments at some point. But, man, Todd said, let's get you right in. Throw him into the fire. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No joke. Honestly, what you just read is bananas. I mean, the second most target share in week one over the last 23 seasons. That is out of this world. Uh, Highest yak percentage by a rookie wide receiver over the last two seasons. I mean, he is as advertised and more. Daniel Jeremiah over at the NFL Network and also a former Raven scout, he says you can watch one comeback route from Zay Flowers and see he has everything needed to be a special player. Elite speed slash burst plus ability to get in and out of break efficiently and no wasted steps or movement and you can feel his speed. That's a really good way to say it. You can feel his speed. Uh, Bobby, in a lot of ways with how much volume he had, he like was the Ravens offense, you know? It felt like through him, the Ravens kept getting into the red zone and then they'd get a running back to like kind of do the, the the final work from four yards or two yards out. Uh, but in a lot of ways, he was the consistent guy who was moving the sticks and I got the video back. Again, this is wired from Ravens Productions. This is going to be fun to watch all of Zay's uh, plays back to back to back with his sound. If you, like me, did not get the gift of great quickness and athleticism growing up, it's because God gave it all to Zay Flowers. Wow, does he have a lot of quick. Zay Flowers on the far side, spins at the 25, still on his feet. First down, Raven. He stopped on a dime left and changed twice. Lamar takes the snap, looking left, slings it. He's got a man open, and it's caught by Zay Flowers. Welcome to Baltimore, Mr. Electric. That kid has flames when he takes off. You get it to Zay Flowers. I don't know if anybody can tackle this guy one-on-one in space. Mark Jackson takes the snap in the shotgun. Throws quickly. Flowers has it. Steps out of a tackle. He's in the 40. Jukes a man. 35. Far sideline. 30. Steps out of bounds. First down Ravens. Hey, crashing up. Oh, I got him. I got him. I got him. Ravens finding as many ways as possible right now to get the ball in the hands of Zay Flowers. By the way, great commentary there. By friend of the show, Jerry Sandusky, and Seriously? one Rod Woodson. Those two guys, if you ever want to listen to the game, maybe you're driving around Baltimore or whatever, or you want to, whatever, you can't get in front of a TV, they make for a great listen. One of them, and may, I might be biased, one of the great radio booths that we have in all of the NFL. And I listen to quite a few actually on NFL Plus at times when I'm on the road. So, man, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, you know, I got a lot of love for Jerry Sandusky, man. That, that guy can call a football game. 
Yeah, he's he's a stud. Um, for the audio only folks, I highly recommend that you go to any of the Ravens platforms or come over to us on YouTube and watch that because it's just a different angle from what you saw on TV. What stood out to me, in addition to <laughs> to uh, Sandusky being like, "Hey, if you feel like you were born without any athletic ability, that's oh, that's because Zay Flowers has it all." But in addition to that, the thing that stood out to me time and time again is how often you would see a Houston Texan on the ground because they just went for Zay and they whiffed whether he had that filthy spin move or just like, you know, stops on a dime, as he said, and like just jukes people. Just time and time again, especially because the Ravens productions, they're kind of mostly filming it from like the end zone view. And so you just see these guys like whiffing at air and then Zay's running at the camera and you've got a Houston Dex Texan in the background, like trying to get back up off of the ground and just watching with hopelessness because he gone, you know, just, just so much fun to watch. So obviously the guy that needed to get Zay the ball was Lamar Jackson. So um, I, I, I thought this was interesting. So, Yes, on Sunday's game, Lamar Jackson only ran once on a designed quarterback run. And that was on the QB sneak that the Ravens converted, which they were not converting last year very often, certainly not consistently. So that was the only one that he actually ran on and was designed. So what's interesting is we don't have this one either, but basically uh, Texans defensive end, Jonathan Grenard. Okay. He was in the Texans visitor locker room and they were asking him about guarding Lamar. I'll sum up what he had said. Basically he said, Lamar, we knew Lamar had just got paid. We knew he had his, all, all of his new weapons and we knew that he wanted to prove, you know, that he could pass rather than just run. He goes, so it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to leave the pocket. And then he said, that made our job a lot easier. Okay, so he was talking about how, I mean, you just think about all the times that Lamar was running for his life. Well, a lot of times they could over pursue and just go for him like another statue quarterback because they didn't have to worry about like over pursuing and Lamar just burning him because he was they could tell he was trying not to leave the pocket. I mean, he obviously did scramble here and there. So that's kind of like, all right, well, we got to use both, right? So John Harbaugh was asked by Jonas Schaefer, like there was only one designed run, or is that just this week or is this going forward? I'll sum up what John Harbaugh said. He said, well, there were a lot more that were called. And he said, but it's, it was, it's up to Lamar of what to do with those designed runs. So he's like, there were RPOs. Um, there were a couple of other elements in there as well. And then he, so he said, we called numerous of them in there. He goes, so it's going to be week to week week. And then Harbaugh said it, it's going to have to be an element of his game that defenses have to account for, for sure. Every week, he says they're going to have to account for him both out of the pocket, extending plays and also with the QB driven plays. And we have a myriad of those plays. So, we're not going to see, you know, just an only pocket quarterback in Lamar. And to prove like Grenard's point, he's going to want to still pull that out. I mean, it's fine. He's trying to like get on the same page with his, with his wide receivers. And the Ravens had, you know, a, a, a nice lead, a nice cushy lead in the second half. 
Um, but don't expect this to be the, the way it'll be week in and week out. And in fact, our guy, Spencer Schultz, he did um, one break, uh, breakdown here of when Will Anderson got through, and it was again on, on Zeitler here. That's one of the reasons why Zeitler had a low grade, as we said. And then it was amazing how Anderson got through, and then Lamar just melts the Texans' defense because he did use his legs. So he's just showing the, the uh, arrows here of how Will Anderson, do you see that little stunt he rolled, and Zeitler just had no chance. But Lamar read it, and he ran out of there, and ended up getting, I don't know, like 15, 16 yards. I can't remember how much this one goes for. But this just goes to show you for everyone that's just like, you You want it. I know Lamar has a lot to prove. I know we all want to prove that Lamar can throw. And at the same time, you don't want to, you don't want to take that away. Will Anderson was, was just destroying the offensive line. And this type of stuff is going to make him think twice about just running through uninhibited. Mm, that was a quick read, too. I mean, a split decision read, right? Anderson's coming flying up there with big-time speed. There's a reason why he was the number third overall pick, and yet Lamar makes that split decision, makes it correctly, and picks up big chunk plays. And Will's probably thinking, gosh, I thought I had him dead to rights. But <laughs> yeah. that's like the di diagnostics within Lamar that's just so fascinating, how he can make that those split decisions accurately and then make good, you know, really negative things turn into positive almost immediately some snap count analysis here for just a couple minutes yeah let's do it yeah, i mean there's a couple things to talk about rashad bateman finished with 25 of the offensive snaps he got less than half that zay garnered zay was 54 odell led all wide receivers with 59 and you get the sense that rashad that's part of the ramp up period for him being that he is still coming back from the foot. Yes, he's been available for a long time now, but it wasn't all that long ago, Sarah, that he was talking to, I think it was actually Harbaugh was talking to Josina, and they talked about the, the screws being removed. I mean, that was not that long ago whatsoever. So probably just part of the ramp up for Rashad. Absolutely. Now, I, now having said that, I do think that like Zay and OBJ, whether you see it on the depth chart or not, are kind of like the starters. I mean, again, Zay was the offense. So it very well could be that Zay kind of leapfrogged him in terms of like the depth chart. That being said, I do expect Rashad's snap count to gradually increase and seeing these numbers kind of um, even out between the three. And then I thought it would be interesting to look into Patrick Ricard's use because we all know that we've been wondering you know, how he would fit in Todd Munkin's offense versus Greg Roman's. Well, I went back and I looked it up. So, so Patrick Ricard played in all of 22, 64% of the offensive snaps. That was just one game but by comparison in week one, he played just 44% of snaps. So it is a decrease. That being said, while it's a decrease, it's not insignificant. And I felt like Todd Munkin did a good job of adjusting at halftime which I felt like was one of the weaknesses of Greg Roman because the Ravens had that one drive in the first half and then the rest of the time, the offensive line was getting its butt, butt whooped. So then the Ravens come out in the second half and, all, and they came out like they were angry and scored right away. Well, one of the things that Todd Munkin did is he brought in Patrick Ricard more in the second half than he did the first and he was helping his offensive line try to contain the pass rush that was coming. So I like that he adjusted... Houston Texans went and adjusted again, and then Munkin adjusted again, so the Ravens were able to score. But 
This is why a lot of people just wanted to let go of Ricard. No, he's still a significant part of this offense. A couple great blocks, too, that led to some chunk plays. Pat's always doing great opening up lanes and spaces and windows. But what about Rock? Rock Yassin, who, of course, was awarded Marcus Peters' money, if you will, this offseason, only got 10% of the defensive snaps, while Brandon Stevens got 100%. Ronald Darby, recent pickup, 90% logged. Uh, John Harbaugh did confirm on Monday that it was an injury-based decision. It's not a depth chart thing like I maybe had alluded to or suggested during the postgame. So starting outside cornerbacks allowed 137 yards versus the Texans, but they played prevent defense and gave anything underneath to keep the clock going, which accounted for 31 yards. So good for Rock in the sense that he's not just out of the rotation Yeah, um, because I think... I was certainly wondering after because he's been available for so long, Sarah. Like that was the beginning of training camp. Like, well, well, Harbaugh said Sunday night that he's really he's like Rock just barely came back last week. Like it feels we'd like do this daily show, and yeah. it feels like a twenty four hour period is like a year. I mean, I mean that's how it feels to me. But like you go and look it up, and he's like, oh, he just returned last week. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he is going to have to. They're all going to have to like manage his reps as he as he gets back into things. All right, so real quick, I just wanted to do a quick run around the, the AFC North. Miles Garrett was absolutely toying with the Cincinnati Bengals. Bobby, look at this. This is like an all 22 look. This is why we can use it. I'm glad we can use all 22 video. Yeah. That's why on Mondays we'll have more video than we will Sundays. We can't use the broadcast stuff, but all 22 we can. So look at this end zone view. Miles Garrett is basically doing like a crossover kind of like basketball look, just swing back and forth over the, the center being like, where am I going to come from? Where am I going to come from? Like just, uh, I mean, my goodness. And then once the ball is snapped, he goes right past him and, and, and Burrow's like, ah, I'm like, and then the video cuts off. So I don't know what happened. I didn't get to watch that game, but whoo, he's going to be a problem once the Ravens come. Now, check this out. This is on Deshaun Watson's Instagram. That's basically him celebrating with fans after beating the Bengals. Uh, listen, I like to celebrate after wins, but when you put it up like that, it makes it seem like that's your Super Bowl. Like week one, <laughs> you, beat, you, you beat the Bengals with Burrow not playing all preseason. So, you know... Uh, you got to be happy, but my goodness, you got, you got 16 more games to go. Well, um, I mentioned his, his offensive lineman, right tackle Jack Conklin on the postgame show. He ended up tearing his ACL and MCL. He's going to have a season-ending surgery, so just something to look out for for Cleveland. They're going to have some up and down, some change, significant change there at right tackle on the offensive line. So, Well, and then the, the other injury news in the, in the – this is a big one. Again, uh, this isn't just a Ravens problem, although the Ravens had several, so it feels worse. But the Steelers uh, Pro Bowl defensive lineman Cam Hayward, okay, he's expected to miss multiple weeks because, because of a growing injury suffered Sunday. That's according to Rappaport and, and Mike uh, Garofolo. So he's likely headed to IR and is evaluating all options, including surgery. So there's your AFC North update. And Bobby, before we wrap, we just got to tease our, uh, our interview Monday afternoon with the one and only Roquan Smith. He came on the show. And uh, here's just a little teaser 
for those that haven't listened to it yet. Fans started on Twitter last night comparing you and PQ to Kobe and Shaq. I feel like you're you're Shaq. Okay. And I feel like I, I feel like PQ is Kobe. How do you feel about this comparison? Hey, anytime you get compared to two legends like that, man, that's a amazing feeling and uh yeah man it's just be acknowledged in that uh, sentence of like just that pedigree of those two guys man but i think man we are i think we are well not so more so think i know we are when we're at our best we're the two best uh we're the best duo in the league and i'm confident in saying that and i'll say that week in and week out awesome to get the partnership started uh you were all over that i had no idea that was even in the rundown the shack and kobe parallels there so roquan clearly loved it too i mean just look at them you can go check out that episode on The Vault on YouTube, of course. It's also available in the audio-only space. And just a reminder, that was the first of 10 exclusive conversations that we'll be having with Roquan inside The Vault, powered by Cybertech, throughout the course of this season. The next one is coming up on the 18th after week two, which, of course, is the road game in Cincinnati. Just wanted to say thank you, Roquan, for believing in what we're doing. And we're, we're fired up. If you haven't already checked that out, Please go do so. Let's finish up with some quick hits here. Ravens running back Justice Hill. He had two rushing touchdowns on nine rushing yards on Sunday. I had to kind of like look at the box score twice when I was talking about that, Sarah. I remember it, but two touchdowns, nine rushing yards. He's the first non-QB to score two or more rushing touchdowns on less than 10 rushing yards since 2018. Uh, yeah, I would say that's that's pretty pretty efficient. So it just it's what I said. I felt like Zay was getting him and some other players too, but I feel like Zay was getting him up into the inside the five five yard line, and then they would punch it in with the running backs. Elsewhere, Skip Bayless is on record for saying that he picked the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, as he tweeted out. He saw nothing on Sunday to make him think twice. I'm going to give Lamar his flowers. Longest completion went to Odell for 29. When Lamar gets Mark Andrews back, dot, dot, dot. So call Skip a believer. He's buying into the 2023 Ravens despite a very lackluster start, Sarah. Here's my prediction on Skip. I put this in here because we know that he he picked him to win the Super Bowl. I think he's just all season going to be a huge believer in the Ravens just because he doesn't want to be wrong. So oh, I think it's going to be fun to probably check in with him. No matter what's going on, he's going to find hope because he wants to be right. We'll finish with this. Of course, I, I think you're spot on about that. Texan <laughs> safety Jalen Petrie, who is an animal, really good player. Uh, he's been released from Maryland Shock Trauma Hospital, and he can now return to Houston with his family after suffering a bruised lung. This is according to Aaron Wilson. He remained in Baltimore overnight uh, after getting injured in that Sunday game. So one of the great, one of the game's great young talents at safety. Good news there. But I, I didn't even, I wasn't even really aware of that situation. So um, scary. I, I knew he, I knew he went out with an injury, but I don't. I was not aware of how serious it was. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, prayers up to him. Never want to see anybody injured. It doesn't matter if it's an opponent or you're or on your team. So hopefully he he's able to recover. I want to shout out and thank two of our OG patrons. They're the first ones we've ever had here on the vault. It's monthly shout out time. If you guys are interested in supporting the show, you want to get the incentive of hearing your name called and shout it out on the channel across platforms once a month, you can do so for just $4.99. And of course it goes to supporting what we're building here in Baltimore beyond. So Patrick York and Sarah Kendall have done exactly that. So shout out both of you guys. Thank you for believing in what we're building. If you're interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash 
Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering. So again, ways, free ways to help us out. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video if you feel so inclined. Turn on the notification bell so you know when we're releasing these episodes. And again, go check out our most recent one with Roquan Smith, who had a lot to say and certainly set a tone, being that it's Bengals weekend around these parts in Baltimore, Sarah. So uh, anything else from you? We're going to have to, we have so many leftovers, we couldn't even get to it all. Hopefully we'll get into to next uh, tomorrow's show. Just jam-packed, great content, and that's why I love this time of the year. It's crazy. Oh, as much as I feel like I'm in midseason form, I was like 15 minutes late to our daily recording time, and you had to call me. That just shows you where I'm at right now. It's time to go to bed. So with that, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Tuesday morning vault edition. We will be back with you on Wednesday with all the Ravens news you need to know. Hit us up via email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. Go check us out on Twitter. Ravens Vault is now on Twitter. Just surpassed the 500 follower mark. So those are where uh, you're going to see a lot of these clips when we talk to Roquan. And then, of course, it's going to be across all of our platforms. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off, and we'll talk to you soon.